You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 21. In this episode, I'm speaking to Rachel Luna on how to build your confidence so you can become more successful. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Rachel Luna, the queen of confidence, the author of two books, Successful People Are Full of Crap, and a new book coming out in the fall called Girl of Confidence. You'll find links to Rachel Luna and her website, plus the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 21. I am so excited to be here with Rachel Luna. Hello. Hello. And actually, we're in the same room, which is the very first episode I'm recording with someone in the same room. Yay. And we are here in Laguna Beach, California, uh, at the James Wetmore Mastermind Retreat. We are in his inner circle. And yeah, that's how I got to know Rachel well, although we were Facebook friends before. For years. For years, yes. but we had never met and we hadn't really connected. Not and too, too much. No. And I must say, you know, uh, now you have pink hair and sunglasses <laughs> on, so you might think, well, who is this girl? Like, But when you get to know Rachel, she is the kindest, sweetest person you can meet on this planet. Thank you. <laughs> and what she can tell you about yourself is amazing. So, well, thank so you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are a few people in the world who would disagree <laughs> with me being the kindest, sweetest for who I used to be and who I once was yeah. when I was battling my own insecurities and my own self-doubt and sort of living this life to just get whatever I needed. Yeah. to feel validated and secure, which I think are a lot of things that, you know, women, people in general will do yeah. when we're looking for validation, when we're looking to feel loved or to feel confident. Oftentimes that manifests itself in selfish ways, ego taking over, mm -hmm. attitudes, overcompensation and how we show up in the world. And it isn't until we start to really recognize why we do the things we do what's the purpose that they serve what is it that we're really hungry for what are what is it that we're truly craving that then we can take a step back and say oh, okay wait a second let this not be the rachel show <laughs> <laughs> let me see how i could actually make an impact and help other people and also get what i need so true so we could be talking for hours yes but <laughs> i want to focus on what actually is Rachel's expertise, which is confidence. And first, my curiosity, because you have a very interesting background. <laughs> How did you become the go-to person, the queen of confidence? Yes, well, I, people call me that all the time, the queen of confidence. And I, I have to laugh and remind them, like, I'm not always confident. 
just like any other human being, there are moments and areas in my life where I feel incredibly confident and competent and you cannot tell me otherwise. And then there are other areas in my life where I really have to step back and think like, why don't I feel secure in this? Why don't I feel confident in this endeavor? And how do I get into this, what I call space of true confidence? Mm. So I want to put that disclaimer out there because I think that a lot of people start to think, well, I want to be confident all the time. And it's a pipe dream. And and I like to shed the realness and the the raw reality. Now, what got me to where I am today is that I actually grew up feeling very insecure. Mm. And overcome first of all I'm 4'11 and a half so I am tiny and (laughs) so obviously growing up I I was much tinier and everybody at school was so much bigger than me and you know I remember there was a big struggle for me to feel seen and heard and so I was super loud I mean I was a short loud annoying little girl (laughs) (laughs) Because I was so desperate to be seen and heard. Now, on top of that, just not just my stature was the issue. The other issue is that I I lost my biological mother when I was three years old. And my father chose to give up his custody to my godmother, who to this day, I call my mother. She is my mommy. Like, don't let someone tell me that that woman is not my mother. And you will see me not be the sweetest person in the world. So I give her all the, the credit. But but what happened in that moment when my father gave me up is that I began to tell this story that I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm not worthy of his love. I'm not worthy to be kept. I'm not worthy, you know, for his love. And then that story actually became very solidified when he married a new woman and raised her daughter as Ah. his own in the house. And now I could never live with him. I barely ever saw him. His excuses were he didn't have money, blah, 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 you know, this, that, or the third. And for me, that that became a, a very defining moment in my life. I'm not good enough to be loved. I'm not worthy of my father's love. All the people I love leave me because or, or all the people that are supposed to love me, leave me because, you know, your mother's supposed to love you forever. Yeah. But she died. She left me. Your father is supposed to be the first love of your life. He left me. And so I grew up feeling extremely insecure about my place in this world. And who was I? And who did I belong to? And just all the stories. It wasn't until, I mean, years and years and years later that I realized that we all tell ourselves stories based on facts. Mm. And one of the the mistakes that I was making is that I was, the fact is that my father gave me up, right? The story I told myself was, I'm not good enough to love. The fact is, he then raised someone else. The story I said was, I'm not good enough to keep whatever. Now, when we look at the emotions behind that, when we look at the facts, that's it. It it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that he didn't love me. He just gave me up. But I was holding on to the emotion behind the fact. So that's a really important distinction to understand because I'll just ask you, Sigrun, can you think of a situation where you have felt justified in your story? Oh, yeah. My my grandfather mm-hmm. uh, was maybe not rich, but wealthier mm-hmm. than most. And he did not support my parents when mm-hmm. they needed it the most. Mm-hmm. And this became, this is my money mindset story. Okay, yeah, let's go there. And then he married another woman after divorcing my uh, grandmother. And, you know, 
I didn't get presents when I, for instance, graduated from high school Mm -hmm. or, you know, I just, I think everything I saw was like, you know, he doesn't care about us. Mm -hmm. He's just caring about his money. Mm -hmm. And that was just a story I, I told myself over the years. And it was only maybe later in life, I was like, okay, maybe there's another side to this story. Mm -hmm. And actually when C died, this uh, second wife, Mm -hmm. he came back and, and wanted to be a part of the family again. And did he say anything about that chapter of his life? Were you able to get well, any closure around really. that? not really. You know, he was 90 years old mm-hmm. and we just like, hey, mm. his family, let's Yeah, just let him back it. in. Yeah. So now let's break down the facts, right? Yeah. So the fact is your grandfather had money. Yeah. The fact is he divorced your grandmother. Yeah. The fact is that once he divorced your grandmother, he moved on and you never heard from him again. Very little. But very yeah. little. Yeah. The fact is he never provided financial support yeah. after that moment. Yeah. The stories you told yourself, my family and I are not worthy. Of, we don't have money. We, he doesn't care about us. It doesn't matter. Well, I, I, I actually start to develop this thinking rich people are bad. So rich it had more effect bad. of like also my own money mindset. Yeah. yeah. Rich people are greedy. Oh, they're rich greedy. They just want to keep all their money. They don't right? want to share with their families. Now, here, right. They don't want, that's the evidence that you had to support yes. that story. They don't want to share their money with their family. Now, if we look at the fact is that he just didn't give you guys any money. Did it, it didn't mean well, that he didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, this new wife didn't want to have to do anything with us. And right. he decided to go along with it Mm -hmm. and give up his own family. Mm -hmm. I guess he was just afraid to be alone. Well, now see, here's what happens. I'm so glad you said it that way. You said, I guess he was just afraid. Now you're creating a story for him. Yeah. (laughs) And so what happens is we start creating all these stories. We forget about the facts. And when we do state the facts, we state them from a place of emotion, of the emotion that we have to the story we've created. Mm. So you, I will ask you, what's the fact? And you say, yeah, but he did. He didn't care about us. You yeah. don't know that. No, you don't, I don't know. Right? Unless until we actually get to ask and confront the true situation. So like with my father, if we go back to that story, it's not that my father didn't love me. It's not that he didn't care. It's that he wanted me to have better and he could not provide. He knew my godmother was going to do better. I never got to hear my father say that directly to me. Although when I started to ask around to get to the, the facts of the story, not my emotional attachment, what everyone told me consistently your father never gave you up for adoption, which would have made it a lot easier for my godmother. Yeah. His repeated response is, I can't give her up. So with your grandfather, the fact that he came back. Yeah. If we're going to create any stories, <laughs> yes. could we not create a story that he missed you for all those years and just did not know how to come back? Or perhaps the now we could get deep into the story, but... What if we don't create any stories? What if we just say he left, he didn't give any money, it didn't mean anything, and then he came back? My father gave me up, or my father gave custody yeah. of me over to someone else. Yeah. He raised someone else, and then we ended up having a better relationship towards the end of his life, or maybe you have no relationship. It means nothing. Those are just the facts. Why that's important is because if you can 
stop telling yourself the BS stories that you tell yourself, you will develop more confidence in who you are. Mm. You will you will recognize that you don't need your grandfather's money. I don't need my father to raise me. We don't need any kind of validation whatsoever yeah. that is actually going to come from within. So it would, took a lot of years of like going back and forth. Oh my gosh, all the shitty relationships, yeah. uh, eating disorders, alcoholism, all of that to get to this rock bottom moment. And I woke up and I was like, this is not the way that I want to live my life. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking to get more confidence, the first thing that you need to do is look at your life right now, how you show up in the world, how you do the things that you say you want to do, how you honor your commitment, not to others, but to yourself first. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy for me to say to you, I'm going to do something for you and show up because I don't want to let you down. Yeah. But it's much harder to say, I'm going to do this for me and not let myself down because the worthiness. Mm -hmm. And that means if I am going to not let myself down, if I'm going to have confidence that what I want is possible for me, that means I have to say no to you. And I have to say no to clients and I have to say no to my husband and I have to say no to my children when maybe they want my time and attention so that I can get what it is that I want. That's where true confidence comes in. When you start to look at the self-worth, when you start to look at the stories where you start to separate fact from fiction mm -hmm. and emotions from thoughts. Yeah. Because, you know, you cannot have an emotion without a thought. But people, I, I can't help the way I feel. Sure, you can help the way you feel. Yeah. Check your thoughts. Yeah, because, you know, some people can experience exactly the same thing and yeah. one person feels awful about it. The other one, okay, can brush it off and yeah. move on. That happened to me in New York. Yeah. Remember, like everybody was loving the one presenter that we yeah. had and I was like, this sucked. <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. I had to check my thoughts. Yes. And then I had to reconcile with that person and say, hey, I didn't have the same experience that other people had. Can we do this again? Mm -hmm. And that's another part of confidence is recognizing what you need and asking for it with the trust that even if you don't get it, you're going to be okay. You're not going to die. Yeah. So I have noticed, and I yes, you know this too, and I think anyone listening to this show, women tend to at least to appear mm -hmm. to have lower confidence than men. Like mm -hmm. there are more men that start a business, for mm -hmm. instance. Men, uh, you know, when they are applying for a job, their mm -hmm. CV looks a little bit, <laughs> you know, exaggerated. Yes. And women tend to kind of only downplay, downplay their own skills and, and capabilities. Mm -hmm. What is your theory on this? Okay. Well, number one, I do think that society contributes to that, right? Yeah. There's the historical societal roles and responsibilities, which you, we just listened to a three-hour class on roles and responsibilities, you yes. and I. But above and beyond that, what I think that people fail to recognize, because I've worked with men and women, and I have men that follow me that come to me for men are just as insecure as women. They are just better at hiding it mm. because of those roles and responsibilities that society imposes upon us. As a child, you see a little boy and a little girl. The little boy goes for the Barbie doll. What happens? They hit his hand. No, don't play with the Barbie doll. Here's a truck. The little girl goes to play with the truck. No, 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 no. Here's your Barbie doll. Hey, little girl, put on a dress. So right from infancy, we're being told how to respond. We are also teaching our children in the way that we treat them so for example a little boy who cries will be told don't cry men don't cry 
a little girl will be allowed to cry for hours because she's a little girl. Yeah. I watched this in my daughter's gymnastics class. There's this one gymnastics teacher. I love the way he teaches those boys because he is hard on them and he's yelling at them and, and disciplining them. And then I saw him teach the girls class. Yeah. He was so gentle to them. Uh. And I looked at him and I said, you are doing those girls the biggest disservice. Now, I got to in them. I was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. The, you know this? I was in the, in the United States Marine Corps for 10 years. And I saw this a lot with how certain people treated me as a woman who had brought, been brought up with those societal roles. And then I had one of my bosses. He, he was senior to me. He did not treat me differently at all. And there was this, I will never forget, there was this one exercise that we had to do where we had to carry, we, we were partnered up. Yeah. We had to carry the person on our shoulders, run through sand, drop them, and then switch. I'm 4'11". <laughs> yes. How did you do that? He, well, there were shorter guys, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. No, I don't get the shorter guy. No. He pairs me up with Ahmad, this <laughs> big, black, six foot tall like husky boy yeah and I look at him and I'm like wait are you really gonna put me with the mod really like have you seen me best thing he ever said he said listen I'm training you for survival and in a combat situation nobody gets left behind if it's just you and a mod out there you better bring him back home and so I carried that the guy's legs were dragging and whatever. But so here's the point of that is that the reason I believe that there is a difference between the way women show up and the way men show up is because we allow other people to tell us how we should be. We give our power away all the time. And then we, this, do not say this in front of me, Sigrun, because I will lose it. But then we say, well, he made me feel that way. She made me feel this way. Nobody makes you feel anything. You allow their words to have a meaning and an impact. You assign an emotion and a story to it. And then that's how you go on living. He didn't make me feel any kind of way. I allowed him to make me feel a certain way. That is why. So women in particular, if you're listening, and men as well, yeah. if you're ever feeling like, well, I'm not confident to do this because such and such told me that I couldn't do it, whose fault is it really? Is mm -hmm. it the other person's fault because they told you? Or is it really you because you believe them? Because you allowed someone to tell you something about yourself that if you really look inside, you know darn well that's not true. So true. So what can women do besides, you know, dropping the stories and everything else we've mentioned here? We know, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone builds confidence. But do you have a, you know... What's your theory? She's shaking sure. her head. Rachel is shaking you know, her head. I get really <laughs> frustrated with the generic advice that we're given about confidence. Smile more and you'll feel more confident. <laughs> no, you won't. You'll look more confident. Yeah. Get dressed up and you'll feel more confident. Yeah, you might feel better about yourself, but you won't have true confidence. You'll yeah. have what I call false confidence. Mm. Because false confidence is like, I've got all the things I need and I yeah. feel good. I'm excited expecting a result, but then my response and my ability to feel confident is dependent upon that result. That's false confidence. When I look at what I call the cycle of true confidence, yeah. is that 
okay, I got, I put the smile on. Yeah. I got the outfit. I feel cute. I feel good. I'm going to take an action. Whether I succeed or fail in this action, I know I'm going to be okay. I'm going to look for the lesson. I'm going to look for the breakthrough. I'm going to look for the breakdown. I'm going to assess the situation and I'm going to keep on moving forward no matter where the result leaves me. I'm not looking to get there. I'm focusing on here because once I get there, where am I? I'm here, right? So there's no joy and fulfillment waiting for me there. The joy and fulfillment is right here in this moment and what I'm bringing to the environment with what I'm bringing to this portion of the journey. Mm -hmm. And that is what I'm on a mission to teach, not just women, but human beings, is that you're looking for this, when I get there, then I'll feel more confident. No, right here in this moment, I feel good in this moment. I don't know what's going to happen when I walk out these doors, but I'm going to feel confident and I'm going to trust, know and believe, not just believe and not just know. I'm going to trust, know and believe no matter what. We're going to figure it out. It's, it's going to work out as it should. And ultimately, perhaps not in the moment, but ultimately it will work out for my highest and greatest good. As I'm going through this experience, as I'm taking these actions, you're checking in with yourself. How does this feel? Am I in alignment? Does this feel good? If it doesn't feel good, what do I need to do to make it feel good? Mm -hmm. What thoughts do I need to have to elicit a new feeling or emotion? Because you can't have a feeling or an emotion without a thought. That is the key. It takes a ridiculous amount of intention and commitment to this work. And it is commitment and intention that I see many people say, I want more confidence. I'm willing to do whatever. Just tell me what to do. And then I tell them what to do. And then they don't do it because this is scary work. This is simple, but hard. You have to really confront all your crazy, <laughs> right? And I, and I believe that we all have degrees of craziness. Yes. What's your crazy? Well, I think it's all these money mindset stories mm-hmm. coming up for me. And I think like self-sabotage, mm-hmm. like why do I get sick when I want to launch a podcast, for mm-hmm. instance, or uh, after a launch, you know, there are these things of, yeah, but I always attach that with money mindset. Mm-hmm. But when I think of confidence, I think uh, you can be confident in one area mm-hmm. and then in another area you're not. Absolutely. And then you just support that thought. So for instance, I think in cooking, I'm not confident. Okay. So, well, okay, I love dinner parties, but I'll make it easy. I'll just kind of get takeaway food mm-hmm. or food that I can put in the oven in 30 minutes instead mm-hmm. of creating it from scratch. Although I might actually enjoy that. Well, and here's the thing. I'm so glad that you brought up. Why do we need to be confident in everything? We don't. Like, Superwoman. Yeah. Why, and that, that's a, you, oh my gosh, you hit the nail on the head. It is women in particular's need to be everything to everyone all the time. Why can't we just change the thought and the feeling and the emotion around that entire uh, aspect and say, I am confident in throwing amazing dinner parties without even having to cook? Yeah. And that's your new level of confidence. I know that no matter what, I am going to order food from an amazing place. My guests are going to have a great time. And I didn't have to lift a finger. Awesome. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why, but why, but why, why does a piece of you resist that? Well, that's the society again, mm-hmm. I guess. The expectation is that you 
cook. Whose expectation? Yeah, no, mine own. <laughs> Your own expectation yes. that came from who? Oh, that's just like from childhood. Like my mm -hmm. mother is awesome at cooking mm -hmm. and throws these wonderful dinner parties and mm -hmm. I should be doing the same. Yes. We love these life coaching sessions. <laughs> Well, and but here's the thing, right? So I, I love these stories because I know that there's somebody listening who's like, yeah. yes, that's me too. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that we are so fixated on comparing ourselves to others and forgetting that you are doing things your mother could never do. Mm -hmm. Can we agree on that? Yes. And if she tried, she would get sick. She'd get so emotional. It just, it would just be crash and burn, right? Yeah. We don't honor what we are truly fantastic at. And we instead go make this attempt to be mediocre at a hundred things instead of being excellent at one or two things. And because we feel we are mediocre in so many other areas, that too affects our confidence. Very true. Very true. But if you say, you know what? I am <laughs> mediocre at all these other things. I'm not going to mess with that. I'm going to stay in my zone of genius. You know that book, yes. uh, the, the Big Leap by Gay yes. Hendricks, oh, yeah. Zone of Love Genius. I'm going to stay in my zone of genius. Yeah. And I'm only, only going to do the things I'm amazing at. And I'm going to change my thoughts and my feelings and emotions and stories and facts and fictions around the things that I'm eh, yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, what a life of freedom yes. we would all live. And more confidence in the area where I want them. The most confidence. Like you would be unstoppable in those areas. Perfect. The choice is yours. The choice what is mine. What are you choosing, yeah. not deciding? Yeah. So, Rachel, this has been a wonderful conversation. Yes, we, could we could go, go on for hours. We could. <laughs> uh, but I like to keep this short and sweet. I, all right. Yeah. How do people find you online? Yes. Okay. Well, I would love for you to visit me over at rachelluna.biz, B-I-Z. And um, yeah. yeah, take but, it from there. And you are an author of... Two books. Two books already. Yeah. So the first book is called Successful People Are Full of Crap. <laughs> Courage, <laughs> Resilience, Authenticity, Perseverance. You can find that on Amazon, all the online distributions on Kindle and paperback. Yeah. And then my next book is going to be released this fall. It's mm. called Girl Confident. Mm. And I break all of this down yes. in the book on just the deepest of deep levels. So you can get on my mailing list at rachelluna.biz. Yeah. Trust that there will be Facebook ads and all the things to let you know when it's out there. But I'd love for you to spend some time with me and uh, become a lunatic, which is what I call my tribe members. <laughs> we're all a little crazy. Yeah. So, Fantastic. I'm looking me. forward to your book, Rachel. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You'll find links to Rachel Luna and her website, plus the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 21. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.